You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Join me at the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Mark Rothenberg. Dr. Rothenberg is a professor of pediatrics and director of the Division of Allergy and Immunology at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center and the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. He is an acknowledged expert on the molecular mechanisms of allergic disorders and was the recipient of the 2007 Amy Johnson Award from the Society for Pediatric Research. Today we are discussing the campaign urging cure for eosinophilic disorders, or CURAC. Dr. Rothenberg, thank you for joining us at the Clinician's Roundtable. You're an expert in eosinophilic esophagitis, which is a fairly recently recognized disease and almost seems like an orphan disease. It's not something that our senators and congressmen get very frequently, or at least they don't know about it. Where does the funding come for your research in looking for a cure? Well, Bill, the research today is uh, under tremendous stress because the NIH, which is the main producer of uh, funds for, from the government for research dollars in the U.S., has had a very constricted budget over the last several years. And, and from the articles and data that's emerging, they say that this is the worst time in 37 years in the history of the NIH to get any dollars out of the NIH to do research if you're an investigator. So you ask a good question, how do we fund research on a new particular disease that's a relatively rare disease compared to cancer and uh, infection and AIDS and other problems like that that are well recognized? And the answer really comes to the investment that an institution might make or a foundation might make in recognizing that seed money is going to be critical during these periods of uh, duress, but also in establishing the recognition that this problem is a real entity and the public awareness to then propel the research dollars to come from other sources. Patients are being encouraged more and more to participate actively in their care, to partner with their physicians. Is Cured an example of that? Yes, Cured is an example of um, an inspirational organization run by a parent, really, of a patient of ours. And this lady was a mother of, of a patient, and the readers can certainly uh, get information about this organization through their website, www.curedfoundation.org. It's a nonprofit organization that has been set up to raise dollars for research focused on this particular disease, which is eosinophil-associated GI diseases. Now, this was set up by one particular lady as the driving force. It turned out to be a mother of a patient of ours, and she said that something has to be done. She was doing a wonderful job taking care of her, of her child, her daughter, but she wanted to go even further and say, what can I do to improve my child's prognosis and my child's future? And also importantly, other people around the world suffering from this problem. So she formed an organization raising dollars on a, on a local grassroots level and has been very successful in both the wonderful community in which she lives, the Buffalo Grove area outside of Chicago, where she's got a wonderful community with hundreds of people that come to her yearly fundraisers. Or, and then she's now spread across the nation where there are multiple states that are registered with her foundation and are running very successful uh, campaigns to raise the dollars. In addition to fundraising, have they had any impact in other areas of the care for children with this disorder? Yes. Mrs. Kodroff, Ellen Kodroff, has been very instrumental in establishing uh, newsworthy stories and establishing uh, connections with TV personalities. She's gotten national recognition on various TV shows, articles, uh, and very impressive uh, periodicals. And this has led to a great deal of public recognition, including government officials in multiple states and federally 
that have now recognized this disease and have an agenda to push it forward on a national level. I understand that there was a conundrum, so to speak, with the insurance companies who would not pay for elemental formula if the child took it orally, but they would take it if they had a gastrostomy tube. Has the group been able to have any impact with the insurance companies and get this changed? Yes, well, this disease in particular is a very severe allergic disease of the intestinal tract are often treated with, with formula diets. And these formula diets can be, uh, for anyone, extremely costly on the order of thousands of dollars per month to pay for the formula. Because medical formulas aren't necessarily covered by insurance, especially in patients that have new diseases where the research is limited in terms of proving uh, the efficacy of some of these drugs beyond the reasonable doubt, the insurance companies will often take uh, an approach where they deny uh, paying for it. However, because of this uh, organization and, and other organizations as well, there's been now tremendous pressure placed on these companies to cover the cost of the formula medical formulas for multiple different reasons besides congenital anomalies of metabolic defects, which is the uh, standard reason that they pay for it. Could you give us some examples of what specific areas of research the money's been used for? Well, the research um, in our case has been instrumental in allowing us to develop clinical trials to begin to test the effect of medications, some of the we've actually shown and have actually been useful. So this allows us to build the infrastructure to develop the clinical trials. Now, when we talk about the development of a drug, the pharmaceutical industry will often spend uh, tens of millions of dollars on a clinical trial. When it comes to an academic medical center, particularly a small operation like a group of people, in this case, working on, like you said, an orphan disease, that type of money is a huge amount of money. So we must scale down the investigations and become very efficient in the way the dollars are spent. So this research money that's been raised by the Curate organization has been instrumental in allowing us to establish the infrastructure for the clinical trials and to execute the clinical trials. The research is also paying for the basic science, which is basically understanding the fundamental basis of the disease, including the genetics and the molecular immunological mechanisms for the process. I guess the government ought to take some lessons from you in becoming more efficient in the way they spend our dollars. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and my guest today is Dr. Mark Rothenberg, Professor of Pediatrics at the Division of Allergy and Immunology at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. We have been discussing a foundation started by a parent of a child with eosinophilic disease. The foundation is called the Campaign Urging Research for Eosinophilic Diseases. How much money have they raised? They've raised uh, $600,000 to date. That really is the impact of a significant effort by a single family. Hopefully it'll carry over into other diseases that children are affected by. Yes, it's a wonderful uh, reflection on um, the ability of the organization to raise dollars on a grassroots level. Because I know from talking to them and actually participating in some of their foundation's uh, events, that some of these donations, and the typical donation comes in with, with in a small form of 5 or $10. So we're talking about a huge number of people across the United States that have participated in this, and, um, and that's very motivational, particularly for the research group and the researchers that are, are trying to solve this mysterious disease and develop the best treatment and cure. Does having this money make it easier to get more governmental support from the NIH? Yes, it certainly does, Bill. 
because the money provides the opportunity to do the research, which then becomes part of the preliminary data to substantiate the importance of the disease, but also the hypotheses that will subsequently go into very significant grants to the U.S. government through the NIH, National Institute of Health. Is there a relationship between the private funding and the public funding? They tied together in any way or... Generally not. I mean, generally there isn't a formal relationship. However, there are special programs uh, where some of the foundations do partner with the U.S. government through the NIH to sponsor different programs. How large a group are they at this time? Do you know, membership-wise? I'm not really sure on the membership. I know that the board that's active is probably a dozen or so people, particularly the board that's located in Illinois. But there are people across the country that have their own branch of this uh, organization in various states, like there is a fundraiser this summer in Cincinnati by the Cincinnati branch of Curate. With the number of families involved this way, do you get any ideas for future research from them? Do they give you any input in terms of what's working, what's not? Has it changed the clinical care and or the research in this disorder because this group exists? Absolutely has changed things because patients, especially informative family members, in this case, um, Ellen Kodroff, are actually very informative to a lot of new ideas. And I take every advice and, and every message and question it that these people, as well as any other of my patients' families, ask very seriously. Some of the greatest ideas come up from people that um, are often parents that are first searching the Internet, that might email me on a daily basis with, with sometimes far-out ideas, but other times ideas that are worth pursuing. So we have to be focused in research, and, and it's important for progress to be made. We need to stay on the course and not deviate too much. But sometimes uh, the direction of the research and even the new branches will be directed by these clever individuals. What can physicians do if they have patients interested in starting a foundation? The first thing is to encourage them to do that. Empowerment of the patient is very helpful. And uh, this can lead to tremendous uh, successful stories. For example, um, the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, which is foundation, uh, I think, giving out tens of millions of dollars per year, was started in a very similar way to uh, the Curate organization. It was started by parents of children that had diabetes. The same could be said for Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, which is also uh, you know, giving out millions of dollars per year. So we need to use these organizations, and I think the, one of the most, the latest, one of the most successful ones is Curate, as examples to motivate people to say that they can have a difference. And this is particularly important in the year 2007 because coming across dollars for research in the U.S., is very tight. As I said, one of the worst times in the last several decades. And this is particularly challenging and uh, very frustrating for the researcher because we're, we're in a situation in 2007 in the new millennium where we have the greatest opportunity to impact disease, to develop new treatments very rapidly based on understanding research, but yet at the same time we are affected by a very uh, limited supply of money. At the same time, on top of that, Bill, we know that the cost for doing research is skyrocketing. So it's a very paradoxical and timely problem that the cost is high, the research yield is huge, but the amount of dollars available is very limited. So having an impact today is very critically uh, affected by these type of organizations. Off the top of your head, can you recall any suggestions from patients or families that have led to breakthroughs or at least projects that you're running at the time? Um, I'll give an example, which is patients telling you that, that a particular medication that's being used in uh, one country, often uh, what you might consider to be alternative therapies, might be useful for a particular disease. 
and that has led to investigations in the test tube to see if the approach works, and then subsequently to trials in patients, and initially in the form of anecdotal cases, but then subsequently in clinical trials. Without getting in trouble with the FDA, can you tell us what that substance was? Well, in one case, it was um, an example uh, by another group of investigators. It was Chinese herbal therapy. Well, it's certainly a tribute to families who take a special interest in their own child and want to make sure that the child can get the best treatment available. I want to thank Dr. Mark Rothenberg, who has been our guest, and we have been discussing eosinophilic esophagitis and the Curate Foundation. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. I wish you a good day and good health.